The Edge of the World Art Studio is proud to present Helen of the Iron Horse, written by Paris Danielle Lee. Artwork by Helen Rachel Lee. Music by Fish Zombie the Onions. And special thanks to Spooky the Cat for her contributions, fuzzy as they might be. Chapter 35 Whiskey Girl After we checked out from the hotel, but before we went out to the train station, Paris insisted that we take some time to go shopping. We're going to be late. We don't have time to waste, Odysseus argued. We have time. The train was sent just for us. I'm sure it's not going to leave without us, Paris countered. The train, yes, but the track is also being held for us. We can't keep the transcontinental line cleared just for us for too long. We're putting the rest of the West behind schedule. We should do them the courtesy of getting on our way as quickly as we can. We are getting on our way as quickly as we can. But as quickly as we can includes a little bit of shopping. Paris said in a tone that said there was no arguing with this. It was just logic. It was a surprise for me what she had intended. I didn't understand until we got to the mercantile. Once there, the first thing she found was a tea set and a picnic basket. The basket came with little plates and silverware, and once she purchased them both, she found the extra room in the basket for the tea set. And some tea. Then she let me pick out a new bag of candy from the candy counter. We found a pastry shop and bought several pastries. A restaurant made us some sandwiches. The only thing we couldn't find were scones, but I told her that a heavy cookie would be fine. I know we left your butler with the carriage, so I figured it's my responsibility to see that you eat properly. Paris smiled at me as she bought a small case to put everything in. There's going to be a dining car. You don't need this, complained Odysseus. Odie, there are needs and there are wants, and sometimes I don't think you understand how much something you want can be something you need. I corrected him. We collected the horses and walked to the station with them. The train had five compartments, not counting the engine and the coal cart. There was a sleeper car for Odysseus, and there was a dining car for the three of us. There was a private car for me in Paris, and a cattle car for Pony and Odysseus's horse. Then, finally a caboose for the engineer and the brakeman. There was no conductor. There were no porters. Paris had to put the horses in the cattle car herself. Odysseus helped me set up the tea set in the private car. When everything was set to go, Paris entered the private car, and I was unpacking the tea. All done asked Odysseus. All done, replied Paris. Now, you know the rules. No one is allowed in this cabin except for me and Helen, unless there's an emergency. And if there's an emergency, I will try not to shoot you. Paris began to back Odysseus to the door. I'm aware. I wrote the rules, after all. Great. Then you won't have any problem following them. Paris had him at the door. With a step forward, he was intimidated into taking a step back and outside the carriage. Wait! I said and ran over to them. Here, this one's for you! I handed Odysseus one of the sandwiches from the restaurant. Thank you, he said as Paris shut the door on him. She drew the curtains, closing away his baffled expression. Then she turned to me, eyes wide, a smile clear across her face. She pulled me close and kissed me, then continued to kiss me. I broke free just enough to ask, Don't you want to have tea first? No, she said, and the world became perfect. The train hit the main track and picked up speed. 
It was going faster than the other, and it didn't stop at the stations. There were only the three of us on it, and in the morning when we went for breakfast at the dining car, we found Odysseus waiting for us. He was sitting at the table at the center of the car. It was the only one set with tablecloth and silverware. The rest of them were empty. He was drinking coffee and staring out the window. Good morning, Oscar. Paris spoke first when she approached. Good morning, Anna. Good morning, Helen. Odie, you look happy this morning. Did you have a good night's sleep? Although he didn't look happy, and he looked tired. I slept fine, but I should have brought a book, too. This may be the most boring train ride I've ever been on. He gestured around the empty room. They attached the dining car at the last minute because we'll be here for a few days, but they didn't staff it. There's breakfast, but there's no one to make it. Paris looked behind us to the kitchen area. Don't worry. I got this. She got up and went to the kitchen. What are you going to make? I asked as she entered the kitchen. Depends on what they have. She called out from the distance. She can cook? Asked Odysseus. I guess so, I responded. She's like a human Swiss army knife. Odysseus laughed. I heard that. Paris called from the kitchen. Odysseus lowered his voice. Helen, Helen, the train is moving faster than expected. The engineer tells me that we will probably be in Denver by tomorrow. That's two days earlier than we thought. We can be at the railroad camp day after tomorrow. That's soon. I tried not to sound disappointed, but I was heartbroken. Two days stolen. Two days I wouldn't get back. I thought you'd be happy. Soon you will be in your new home. One of the richest wives in the world. An entire staff of servants to wait on you. And if you want, the Baron told me that he will allow you to build the biggest private library anyone has ever seen. All yours. He said. I tried not to cry. I tried to fake that the tears collecting my eyes without my consent were tears of joy. I smiled at him. But inside I knew it was a lie. None of that was going to be true. And I would trade it all, every book, every servant, every cent, just to get the two days back that I was going to lose. Thank you, Oscar. You always take such good care of me. I don't think I have expressed what that means to me. You didn't have to. I do care about you. I want to see you happy, Odysseus said truthfully. Will you come and visit me, you and Lucy? You know how Lucy feels about the Baron. I don't think she would be comfortable visiting him. But we can arrange to have you stay with us from time to time. Do you think they'll let me out of my cage long enough to see friends? I asked. You're not in a cage. You're going to be one of the wealthiest women in the world. I will, I said. And I'll want to see your son after he's born. So despite her reservations, you'll have to convince her to come. I'll be sure the Baron is away at the time. We will arrange it. We may not have a son, you know. Just because Odysseus had a son in the story doesn't mean I will. As he said this, Paris returned from the kitchen area. She had three plates with her. On them were toast with butter, fried potatoes with specks of herbs, and omelets drizzled with hollandaise sauce. I watched her as she set them down. Paris, in this life, wasn't a boy. Maybe Telemachus wouldn't be either. You're right. Just because Odysseus had a son doesn't mean you're going to. I smiled at Paris as she sat next to me across from Odysseus. Who's having a son? Lucy's pregnant. That's why she's not here. Otherwise, she would have come too. You're having a kid? Congratulations. And a son? How could you possibly know that? 
my child may not necessarily be a son. Well, whoever they are, bring them to Colorado when they're old enough, and I will teach them to shoot. Paris said as Odysseus took a bite of the omelette. Oh my god. Odysseus tried to comment with a mouthful of omelette, swallowing it down as he continued. This is amazing. He tried the potatoes. If she's a girl, can I bring her to you so you can teach her how to cook? Boy or girl, you bring them to Colorado, I will teach them to shoot and cook. Every boy should know how to cook and every girl should know how to shoot. It doesn't matter who you are. No knowledge is useless, said Paris as she began on her breakfast. This is really good, I commented. Did Luke teach you how to cook, I asked. Oh, God, no. Luke burned every meal he ever touched. He could burn meals other people were cooking. Anna's mother taught me how to cook. Anna? Asked Odysseus. Anna, my brother's wife. Her mother runs a restaurant, and when Anna married Edgar, she kind of took over my duties at the ranch. So in return, I took over her duties at the restaurant, except for waitressing. I would go to the restaurant early in the morning and help her mother prepare for the day. And then I would head to the gun shop. I would return for dinner and help them clean up. In exchange, she taught me how to cook. What does that make her? My mother-in-law? No, your mother-in-law would be your husband's mother, said Odysseus. Well, what do you call your brother's wife's mother? I think that would be just some woman you know, I said. Well, she's a very nice and talented woman, I know, and she taught me how to cook. I just want to get something straight, Odysseus said as he continued his breakfast. I met the Colorado kid. His name was Jim. His name was Lee, Paris corrected him. He said it was Jim Lee. Yeah, he said that every once in a while, but it was just Lee. He didn't have any other name. That's why I'm Anna Lee. We all took his name as our last name because he had no family name, Paris explained. And he was your father, asked Odysseus. Yeah, said Paris. Then, after he died in Nevada, you were adopted by Luke, who had been the Reaper. No, said Paris. That's a pretty good guess, though. I can see you're really trying to work this out, I teased. They were both my parents. Everybody gets two, said Paris. But they were both men. Yep, they sure were. Paris laughed. But don't worry about it, Oscar. Someday it'll all make sense to you. I finished my breakfast and stood from the table carefully. Paris stood to help me out. It was lovely meeting with you for breakfast. We'll have to do it again tomorrow. But for now, I've lost two days and I must make up for time. Time doing what? Reading my book, of course. You've already read it. And I wish to read it again. Anna, shall we? I began to head to the door. What am I going to do all day? Just stuck here. Odysseus complained. Paris turned back to Odysseus and reached into her waistcoat. She pulled from it a deck of cards and gave them to him. I found these in the private car. You know how to play solitaire, don't you? Thanks, said Odysseus. Back in our private car, once the door was shut, Paris turned to me. What do you mean we lost two days? The train will be in Denver tomorrow, and at the camp the day after tomorrow. Okay. Okay, I can deal with this. Anna, let's not waste time. Let's not waste even a single moment. I pulled her to me and kissed her. She smelled like fried potatoes. Her kisses had a hint of hollandaise sauce. The bed was still down from the night before, 
and we took advantage of it. The day came too fast. I wanted more time, but as the train rolled into Denver, I realized there would never be enough time. All of eternity would pass by, and at the end of it, I would complain I hadn't had enough time. This realization didn't make me feel any better. As Paris and I packed our things, the candy was gone, the cakes were eaten, the dishes were as clean as we could get them, all packed back into their case. Anna, can I put my book in your saddlebag? Of course, she said, undoing the strap and opening the leather satchel for me. I set it carefully inside. Feel free to read it if you like. If it's your favorite, I will find the time. She promised. I had no intention of ever taking it back out again. The book was for Paris. She helped me off of the train and then onto the Baron's private train. This time there was only the engine, the travel compartment with its benches and rows, and the cattle car. I sat across from Odysseus, and once I was there, I stared out the window at the platform. I have to go get the horses and transfer them over. You'll be safe here. Take this just in case. Paris said as she pulled from her boot one of the small guns that was hiding there and handed it to me. Hide this. It's small. It won't be too much trouble. If you have a problem, don't show it to anybody. Wait until the very last second, then kill them. It's hidden for a reason. Shouldn't I hold that? asked Odysseus. No, they'll be expecting you to hold it. And from what you told me, you're not a very good shot. You expect her to be? She won't need to be. Wait until they're right up on you. Use this at point-blank range. Don't let them see it till it's too late. It's double action, so all you have to do is pull the trigger. Paris explained to me. I got it. Thank you. Don't worry. Lucy taught me how to shoot. In fact, this gun looks a lot like hers. I'll be right back. None of this will be necessary, Paris assured me. Paris stepped from one train and back to the other. They were across from each other on a long platform. She went to the cattle car and untethered the horses. She brushed them a little and checked for injuries, and they seemed fine. Leading them both, she took them to the new train, set them aboard, and tethered them. She got some food and prepared some bags for them. As she was working, the train station became alive with passengers heading to a different platform. She withdrew the ramp that led to the car. She closed it and latched the doors. But as she turned to walk back to me, she felt a rope fall around her, and it tightened before she could react. Someone had thrown a lasso around her. They pulled her off her feet, and she fell off the platform. Fuck! She yelled as she tried to grab her guns, but her hands were tied tightly to her side. A man in a brown cowboy hat holding the rest of the rope, ran to her and began to tire. Paris kicked him into the train. She hopped up on her feet, but as she untied the ropes, three more fell on her. They pulled her back down again, and the man got up to finish the job of tying her. Let go of me, you fuckers, or I swear to God I will kill everyone you know. Whiskey girl, is that any way to talk to an old friend? She heard from behind her. She lifted her head to look, and though from her view she was upside down, Paris immediately recognized Penthesilia. God damn it, Celia, let me go! But Whiskey Girl, you never play with your friends anymore. Look at the trouble I had to go through just to see you again. I'm on a job, I don't have time to play, and I'm not Whiskey Girl anymore. Penthesilia knelt down so that she was face to face with Paris tied up on the ground. But I've missed you, and I have a job for you. 
Don't I get any priority over that little gun shop of yours? That's the problem with you. Always work, 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 work. You never take time to have fun anymore. It's almost better when you were pining over that girl you lost. What was her name? Polly? You shouldn't date girls anyway. They're too much trouble. Just like you. You should get yourself some boy you can push around. Like Billy here. Hey, Billy! Pick up my friend and take her with us. We're going to need her. Don't you dare. I swear to God, Celia, this is it. As soon as I get clear of this, I will take you into the authorities. You're going to arrest me? Not this time, daughter of the Reaper. Words out on you. Celia pulled out a folded piece of paper. Opening it, she showed it to Paris. It said, Wanted, Anna Bell Lee, also known as the daughter of the Reaper. Reward, $1,000. You're one of us now, whiskey girl, and I'm going to take you with me. Don't worry, this isn't a kidnapping, it's a rescue. I'm about to save your life. Aren't you lucky to have such a good friend? Gagger. Celia ordered as Billy wrapped a scarf around Paris's mouth and picked her up off the ground. I began to worry that it was taking too long. I hadn't thought the horses would be this much trouble. I stood from my chair and looked out the window to see if I could find Paris, and I did. I saw her being picked up off the ground and put onto Billy's shoulders, Penthesilia next to him. They left with her as three other women followed alongside, clearing the crowd. Oscar! Oscar, they got Anna! We have to go get her! They got Anna! What are you talking about? Who got Anna? I don't know. People! Somebody! We have to go get her! I stood from my chair. I started to the door. Odysseus grabbed my arm and stopped me. Let go of me! We have to go get her! We're not going to get her. Her job is to keep you safe. We're almost there. It should take six hours and we'll be in the camp. And her job is done. We can't put you in danger to rescue her. That's not how this works. It doesn't matter how this works. I need her. She'll have to get out of this on her own. Then she can meet us at the camp. No. No, she saved me. I'm going to go save her. You don't need her anymore. She can take care of herself. She's my friend. She's my only friend. I I love you, but you're going to leave me. You're going to go back to New York and live happy. You have Penelope. You have your son. You'll have the life you've always wanted. And I will have nobody without her. I can't live alone. I have spent too much time alone. I won't do it. I swear, Oscar, if I don't have her, I won't do it. I won't do anything. I sat down on the ground in the center of the train car. All I could think was, I need her. I need her. I can't live without her. Get up, Oscar demanded, but I didn't. I just sat there. This is childish. She's fully capable of handling this on her own. And if not... There's nothing we can do about it. I wouldn't answer him. I couldn't answer him. I just sat there. Are you going to pout? Is this how it's going to be again? You're not ten anymore. At least sit in the chair. Still, I gave him no answer. I sat there staring at the floor, staring at my hands, thinking, I need her. I can't live without her. Oscar tried to pick me up, but he was never that strong. And as I sat, my hands reached out and grabbed the benches on the aisle, and I kept him from lifting me. 
This isn't going to work. I know you can hear me. I know you're doing this just to manipulate me. We are not leaving this train. We are going to continue to the railroad camp. We're almost there. Then everything will be fine. I didn't answer. I just thought, I need her. It won't be fine if I don't have her. Odysseus paced a little back and forth. He went to the door that led out and stepped back to me. Fine! He yelled. Anything to get you talking again. Just get up. We'll go get her. You're going to get us both killed. But hell, at least you won't be sitting there. Really? I sniffled. Really? He replied. He held his hand out for me and I took it. He pulled me up. Come on. We have to rescue your bodyguard. Odysseus and I stepped off the train and looked around for Paris. Which way did they go? That way, I pointed toward the exit. All right, follow me. He grabbed my hand, and we ran as fast as I could manage. They went the other way, I yelled. They went to the exit. We're going to the entrance. It's a shorter path back to the front. We may be able to catch up with them. That's when I noticed that the people rushed past us were all going the other way. We burst through the front doors of the train station. Odysseus saw them first. Billy was throwing Paris into the back of a cart. He let go of my hand and ran at Billy as fast as he could. Not slowing, he rammed his shoulder into Billy. Paris fell into the cart as Billy and Odysseus fell into a pile in the street. The two women picked Odysseus up and held him as Billy stood and punched Odysseus in the gut. I made it to the wagon and stood in front of the horses. Stop! Give her back! She's mine! You can't have her! I yelled. I don't know who you are, but I promise my claim on her is older than yours. Unless you're Pollyanna. Are you Pollyanna? Asked Penthesilia. Whiskey girl, did you steal your girl back from your brother? No wonder you never came home. Penthesilia laughed. Anna is mine. My claim is older than you could possibly imagine. If, if you're not going to let her go, I demand you take me too. Helen, no. Odysseus yelled. Paris began to struggle loud against the ropes and gag. Helen! You're Helen Taggart! The Westward Ho? Why do people keep calling me that? I asked. Oh, whiskey girl. You really do have expensive taste. I should have known. All right. Okay, princess, you want to come? Hop up. It's not a party without the most beautiful woman in the world. I walked over and climbed up onto the buckboard. Let's go! Penthesilia called out. Billy punched Odysseus one more time before he jumped into the back of the cart with Paris and the other women. Penthesilia whipped the reins and the cart pulled away, leaving Odysseus breathless and unable to complain as I yelled back to him, Odie! Stay with the train! Take care of Pony! We'll be back! He couldn't respond, and Paris was gagged, so there was no one to tell me I was being foolish. I knew what I was doing was dangerous, but everything I did was dangerous. Everyone I knew threatened to take from me everything I loved. Everyone except Paris. Paris was everything I loved. By the way, I am not a princess, I corrected her. I'm a queen. Huh, aren't we all, said Penthesilia, queen of the Amazons. This has been Helen of the Iron Horse, written by... Paris Lee. Artwork by Helen Lee. 
performed by Helen and Paris. All characters within are fictional and bear no intentional resemblance to anyone living or dead, except, I guess, for Helen and Paris. See more of our work at edgeoftheworldart.com. If you would like to comment on the show or ask any question, please email us at helenoftheironhorse at gmail.com. The proceeding was made with the love and encouragement of all of our friends at the LA LGBT Center's Trans Lounge. Thank you.